Hello, this is a prepaid collect call from an inmate at New York State Department of Corrections and Community Supervision. This call is subject to recording and monitoring. To accept charges, press 1. You may start the conversation now. My name is John J. Lennon, contributor for Esquire magazine and the Marshall Project. I'm locked up for selling drugs and committing murder. Been in prison 18 years so far. Got about 10 more to go. New York State prison system identifies me as DIN number 04A0823. So I'm a writer and I'm a prisoner. And this is a collect call from Sing Sing. So yeah, I mean, I published a piece in Esquire. I think it should be up today, which is the 19th. It was just pretty much offering off a slice of life on the inside during this coronavirus crisis. I mean, the piece is mostly reportage, but I do begin with me sort of feeling sick and feeling like, oh, shit, you know, which is kind of like the psychological effect many Americans are dealing with, you know, nowadays if they feel a little uh, under the weather. I start with like me sort of going to the clinic and Actually, when I went to the clinic the next day, I felt a little better. So I was, was kind of like a 24-hour bug. But then I started doing some poking around on it. Uh, just, just learning some things about, you know, how the medical staff is preparing for corona. And turns out, you know, not surprisingly, they're not really testing for corona. They're testing for the flu. And if guys in here are showing flu-like symptoms, they'll segregate them. They'll put them in isolation up at the clinic. And then the piece takes, uh, takes on a few different detours. For example, one of my friends, uh, this guy, Pack. I know Pac for years. He's got a slew of years in prison, slew of years to go. He's kind of like this fast-talking kind of Dominican guy from uptown Washington Heights. And not, not fast-talking in a slick way. He just actually talks fast. He comes up with like these brilliant ideas. And, and you know, he'll be on my gate talking about them. But recently, well, he's been talking about this idea for a couple of years, this germ barrier. Because we all use these phones, like the one I'm on right now, which is you know, the way germs and the coronavirus potentially, hopefully not, can spread. And he came up with this like hypoallergic sort of rubber compound mold that patented from uh, the inside that he would want, you know, most prisoners to have uh, either to buy it from commissary or for the state to sort of give it out to uh, avoid germs from spreading and potentially viruses from spreading. You know, a year ago before he patented, I was like, eh, I don't know if that's like a brilliant idea. Everyone's got an iPhone. Who cares about phone? Like, who cares about payphone, hand, handheld payphone? But now... But now I think I'm, I'm kind of eating my words. And he went ahead and patented the germ barrier, he calls it. And uh, it's almost like a utility patent. It's a fascinating story. It's at the point where it's actually a utility patent right now. So he first did a provisional patent. So, yes, it would go over. It would snap over the handheld, you know, mic that I have right now. And, you know, and when I'm done, I would sort of snap it off and wash it off and that kind of thing. Are there many other people coming up with patents in prison, just to your knowledge, historically? Is that a very common thing? You know, guys are brilliant in here. So, you know, guys come up with ideas all the time, but he actually executed his. I mean, like I said, he filed a provisional patent. He hired the firm Invent Health to search for the similar products. Then he hired a law firm to bring home the utility patent. I mean, this is an impressive guy in prison to pull this off, I have to admit it. And, you know, even when he did it, like last year, he pursued the patent. I'm like, I'm like, oh, you did that thing? I'm like, yeah, good luck. But now with what's going on, I mean, 
I mean, he's right that there are a lot of public phones and users of them in prisons and other institutions across America. And I can see the government making a deal with him, you know, with all the prisons across America and getting this product uh, issued out to all different prisoners. But uh, it's just a little dose of uh, the article. But the other stuff is just reporting and the fears and the emotional fears of, you know, what's going on with us in here. Well, yeah, go, uh, go into that, man. Like, how is everybody feeling? Is everyone concerned? Do they think that this is all overblown? How do you feel about it? Yeah, well, you know, so I break it into sections of just like, you know, the cleaning materials everyone's using. And then but then you see like the elderly prisoners, which is a growing population. You know, I, I ask a, a fellow on my company who's uh, it's always like low hanging fruit in here. You know, you, <laughs> subjects are just like just a conversation away. So uh, Leo, Leonardo, uh, he's like 70 years old. And uh, I asked him, he's Dominican dude, so he, he doesn't speak in English, but I asked a friend to translate, like, you know, how, how is he feeling? He used to be a prize fighter. And you know, he's a tough guy, you know, he's been in prison also a slew of years. And, you know, I asked him how he's feeling. Is he concerned? Because, you know, he's he's in a vulnerable age bracket. 70 years old. And, you know, he was like, if it comes, it comes. But, you know, you don't really know what's beneath that, right? I know he doesn't want to go out with corona in the same thing in a dirty, stinking cell, you know? But, you know, guys have, you know, family and, and loved ones and mothers, and, you know, everyone's concerned. You know, it's pretty unprecedented. You know, they shut down the visits. They shut down. Uh, I was on a conjugal myself when, when they shut it down in the middle of the visit. So, I mean, yeah, guys are pretty concerned. Wait, back up just a second. Yeah, you were in the middle of a conjugal visit when everyone started distancing themselves. Like, did some big voice of God come over the loudspeaker and tell everybody what happened in that very moment? Oh, right. So, yeah, so let me set the scene. Like, so I'm hanging out. Like, New York is one of the few prisons that have conjugals. And uh, I was sort of hanging out on the couch watching TV with my partner. And then a phone rings. And it usually doesn't ring around that time because that's not when the count was. So I was a little concerned. And, you know, that was in the air. Like, when we went out, we were like, man, even the officer was like, you guys are, are lucky you guys made it out because there's talk of all visits being shut down. So when I sort of peeked out on the compound, I saw the, the security superintendent out there and he's never out on compound the conjugal and i was like uh you know here we go and i walked in he was like guys i gotta ask your families send your families home he was polite about it and he said came down from albany and you know i think most of us kind of understood we went out there the nba was shut down that nhl was everything shut down you know so and so we we sort of understood i think and then you know all regular visits were shut down too we came back in the block uh, so i'm on a cell block where you know, there's phones, there's there's some burners uh, where we could cook in the back of the tier. There's, you know, but there's only a couple of guys sort of in and out of the, in and out of cells. We're trying to keep our distance from each other. We're trying to, I mean, guy right now is swinging a mop with some water, with a whiff of bleach in it. <laughs> bleach is all day. The green shit is all day. The germicide. I mean, it's it's just a lot of wiping, mopping, cleaning. That kind of thing going on. You walking around with a mask on, or you have to wear gloves right now? No, no masks or anything like that. I think a big concern with my peers is that since most people with coronavirus do not know that they have it, I mean, I've heard four out of five people who get it are learning it was from someone. All right. So that was just an announcement. All hospital call-outs are rescheduled. So only essential sort of appointments are happening right now. Hospital. Thankfully, they ran commissary, so we got to have some goods. But what I want to stress is that, particularly in Sing Sing, this is a microcosm of society. 
most days guys are in the school building, the computer lab working on undergraduate degrees, uh, in the chapel, in the computer lab working on master's degrees, they're in vocational shops, in the evenings and on the weekends, they're in drama and music classes. I mean, Common was supposed to perform here next week. So, I mean, it's just a microcosm of society. You know, guys are not like walking out with shanks in their asses. Like, I mean, some are, but, you know, a lot of guys are doing the right thing and, and sort of living and sing sing as close to the city. You, know, you guys are raising their children. They have weekly visits. There's a lot of disconnect and fear right now. You guys running out of toilet paper in prison right now? And, you know, that's one thing we do have. We have plenty of that. And, yeah, you know, it's funny. I was talking to a CO. I was talking to a guard. And, you know, part of me has, like, a newfound respect for them. You know, like, they're coming in here with all this going on. I mean, I heard over one, overheard one telling the other when I was on the line going to commissary. And he's like, yeah, you're coming in tomorrow. The guy's like, I don't know, man. Well, you know, one day to the next, it's just like a, like a crapshoot, you know? I mean, it's like, like, it's true. I mean, they're like, they're like on the front lines, you know, it's really no social distancing. Like they're trying to do it. Like in the mess hall, they're staggering seats, you know, so before you always sit like metal tables in the mess hall, the metal picnic tables, and now it's like staggered. They're trying their best, but uh, I mean, it's like a lot of unknowns like out there. Like people are just like trying to go through the motions. And another guy I was talking to, Thomas, another officer, he was like, look, man, part of me is just like, I'm just going through the motions. I'm glad I got work because after work, I took my daughter to the dentist, you know, the receptionist that does our insurance. You know, she said that was her last day there, like that they're letting her go. And I guess they're going to, he told me like they're they're shutting the dentist practice down. And she, you know, she she didn't have, apparently she was just concerned about her job. So he was just grateful that he had a job, you know. Is that affecting a lot of the family members or the other people that are in there with you right now? You know, some of the guys that I talk to, some of their wives have a good job. You know, like my friend's wife works for MTA. You know, she works in the booth, you know, like handing out, I guess, you know, Metro cars or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> he was like, stay in that booth. Don't let nobody in that booth. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you know, people are concerned, you know. I mean, it's like, it's something like, you know, the president said, it's like an invisible sort of enemy. And when you're in here, you want to, as much as you can, you want to be, you really can't, guys really can't. They want to be a protector. They want to be involved. But they do the best that they can. They, they help father their kids on visits and stuff like that. Now, there's they can't do that. There's a lot of unknowns and uh, and to such you know, going on here. So, John, my understanding is that there was one person who tested positive for coronavirus inside Sing Sing. Yeah, it was a it was a correction officer. He was a trip officer. Trip officers, you know, transport uh, inmates that are going to like outside hospital call appointments, you know, some type of surgery or funeral trips or something like that. Uh, he tested positive, uh, and then you know, he was sort of told to self quarantine or, or I don't know what the hell they did with him, but uh, he ain't in here. And uh, but but here's here's my like the, like everyone you know everyone's like has these is proposing. He said nobody knows who's got who's got what. Mm. Like I mean apparently he he. Had that he was feeling ill and they tested him. But I was listening to Chris Cuomo five time last night and, I mean, pretty reliable sauce. And I, four out of five people, he says, that, you know, are sort of carriers. They don't even know that they're carriers. The four out of five people that did test positive, I think he framed it, for corona, you know, got it from somebody that didn't even know they had symptoms. Mm-hmm. So that's why a lot of my peers are like, man, man, if the, if the guard, like right now, since they shut our visitors down, the guards are the only ones that could come in and that could be carriers. And they could very well be like unsymptomatic, you know, like they, 
be showing any signs. I mean, this guy just happened to be to get tested because he was he alerted his you know sort of superiors probably He's like, look, uh, I'm feeling a little under the weather, so uh, test me. But what about these other people? They're not required to wear masks or anything. I mean, I don't know, man. And and that's what we learned. Uh, if we're watching the 24-hour news reel on this, uh, is that you know it's for people to protect other people from what they have. That's the most effective thing for a mask. So that would work here. If the cards are going to be the ones that potentially can bring it in from society, then slap on the mask. <laughs> That's what guys are like griping about in here because it's safe for us at the moment until it's unsafe. Yeah. And then it could get bad because it could be, it's a petri dish. You know, I was describing in a tweet, A Block. It's tiers. It's a block is the largest cell block in America. Tiers on top of tiers on top of tiers. Open tiers. The guy farts below you. You're smelling him, you know, up top. I mean, you know, this guy's smoking a joint, you know, next to you, like you're sucking in. I mean, you know, there's no social distancing there. It's just an orgy of funk and germs. Hopefully, you know, not course. So when it gets in, it's, it's going to, it could be a problem, you know? That's why New York, I'm told, has, uh, I'm sorry to fast track a bill, you know, for the elderly. Look these elderly guys out. Give them a fighting chance. They don't got a good chance in A block. I've seen a guy, you know, a guy that I came here with, I transferred here from Attica with three years ago. He's usually 60 something years old. I asked him, I said, Are you concerned? I just saw him down at the commissary. He said, Of course I'm concerned. Thankfully, uh, New York is not a double bunk situation. Most of our cells are single cells. How big is your cell? Like a five by ten or something like that? It's like a six by nine. Six by nine. Uh, are there any other kind of precautionary measures that you would like to see in the coming days or weeks to try to combat this? Anything else? Yeah, I mean, besides the masks, uh, they really are doing the best that they can. They're taking, you know, the best measures that they can. And, you know, that's why, as I mentioned earlier, you kind of like have a newfound respect for, uh, you know, the guards, like, walking into this sort of situation where, I mean, they don't know what to expect. You got you got a lot of female officers here, too, like, you know, mothers, and, you know, they got to go home to, to their kids, and I'm sure they have a lot of fear, too. This kind of crisis just brings you all together, you know. Some of the things that I mentioned in the piece, I mean, you know, it always irks you when, like, I think the governor announced uh, that, you know, the prisoners are going to be knocking out more hand sanitizers, you know what I mean? Because there's, like, an industry's in a different prison, like the caustics industry, you know, where prisoners get paid 25 cents an hour. They, they make, like, all the cleaning supplies for the state. They make them for, for municipalities, too. It's not like they're selling it to Walmart where the prisoners are making 25 cents an hour. I mean, it's you know, they pretty much stock the schools and, you know, the state municipalities with them. It's called core craft. But still, you know, prisoners work at, you know, slave wages for that. And, yeah, you know, some of the journalists have been sort of using that as a jumping off point to sort of attack that 13th Amendment issue. But, I mean, I think on the one hand, it seems a little whiny for people to be bringing it up in this context. Many are struggling out there. Look, I'm, I'm a big advocate of prisoners being paid for their work. You know, I'm, uh, you know, I've publishing in magazines, and I don't take a discount because I'm a prisoner. I'm competitive, and I request to be paid the same as any writer. But that's a different story, right? Yeah, I was actually planning on writing a you know a piece about that. Mm. Because New York has been sort of proposing to pay prisoners more, and when my peers see the sort of you know things that I'm doing and, and getting paid for, they say, you know, why not? If, he, if John could do it, I could do it. And I want them to think that. I think, you know, I think guys are sort of, like, grateful they can help people in society. You know, some of them are, and some of them will be getting bonuses for it. I mean, it's only a bonus on their 25 cents an hour gig, but or, you know, some of them make 40 cents an hour, but 
45 cents, but you get my point. I got you. So besides your buddy who's come up with this mouthpiece mold, are there any other kind of creative things that anybody has been forced to come up with in order to combat coronavirus in there? I mean, guys are just being creative, like, with their own sort of concoctions. Like, they have, like, visine bottles, you know, sort of mixed with water and bleach, like, in their pockets. Like, everywhere they go, if they go to the yard, they are still letting us go to the yard. Guys are, you know, keeping their distance, and I, I think it's a good idea to keep letting us go to the yard. I think we get a little uh, fresh air is, is good, as long as we... You know, there's a lot of elbow bumps instead of, like... Mm daps and hugs, you know, in prison it's a, it's, a, it's a big thing to salute your friends and your homies and but they're, they're like doing like the elbow bumps now, you know, instead of yeah. instead of that. And then they're walking around like the little concoctions with bleach and like wiping off the phones and in the yard and because, you know, what really pisses me off about the hand sanitizer thing is that, you know, we don't have access to it. Like so you got prisoners making it for these different municipalities and for government offices out there but we can't even we can't even buy it at commissary so we gotta like wash our hands and just like make these like bleach concoctions and like <laughs> like little bottles in our in our pockets and they have the core craft dispensers at different parts of the prison but they're not in the cell blocks and i don't see any over here and and, and I'm, i could probably speak for the rest of the state too i mean that's some two-tier shit going on there are there a lack of any other kind of resources inside Sing Sing right now? You know, in the spirit of calling balls and strikes, you know, when I went to commissary, uh, look, man, they had, they had a pretty much a fully stocked commissary. And when the officer was telling me, man, I went to the, you know, the supermarket, it was nuts. It was like no cleaning supplies, it was no uh, toilet paper. And, you know, I felt, you know, I got four rolls of toilet paper for myself. So, I mean, you know, while I'll say certain things, I'll say, you know, no, like they're doing a good job with, with keeping, I mean, for now, I mean, they're, they're, they're doing the best that they can. I mean, we're, we have what we need, at least here in Sing Sing. I, you know, I'm certainly not the spokesman. We have a lot of different prison systems. Some are pretty appalling. It's interesting how times like these tend to unify people in a sense. Does it feel like there's a sense of camaraderie that's been brought about because of all this? Yeah, no, it's a good question. Like communal living, like there's guys that are cleaning the showers, there's guys that are always cleaning the shower curtains, there's guys, you know, walking around. There is a sense of community, there is. And we're doing the best we can, as as you guys are out there, you know. And with the Peace and Esquire, I just try to, you know, just highlight that. But uh, this looks like it's going to be quite the peg, uh, the journalistic speak for to write stories on. I've had other publications reaching out to me that, that want me to write. Yeah, I mean, Men's Health wants me to write a piece in a couple of places. So that's my call. So you guys stay safe out there. Steve, Jeff, all you guys uh, at Podcast One, I uh, send you guys my best. And all, and all the listeners, too, man. I, I know you're concerned, as are we. And my prayers for you guys. You know, we're thinking of you, and you know, we'll get through this together. All right. Stay safe in there, John. All right, man. You, too. The caller has hung up.